Hello, and welcome to episode 12 of Tech Swamp. Of course, we have our host and your friendly neighborhood membership team here today. Hey, Gary. Hey, everyone. And Caitlin. What up? You know, just membership chilling. Chilling. And of course, this is Alex. Today, we're reviewing the wonderful, long, and productive year that was 2018 at ACT The App Association. First up, we're sitting down with Executive Director Chelsea Thomas to discuss some of our exciting achievements from the past year. We're also joined by a whole slew of our amazing members to hear about 2018 and what they're looking for forward to in 2019. But first, we're going to hit tech history and run through some DC headlines. December 22nd, 1882, 136 years ago, the first electric Christmas tree lights were invented. This is very exciting. They were invented by Edward Johnson, an associate of Thomas Edison. The bulbs were the size of walnuts, that is large. There were 80 of them on the string, and they were red, white, and blue, which is very patriotic. These bulbs replaced the use of wax candles on trees, which honestly is a horrible idea, and I'm surprised anyone is left after that. And that's all for tech history. That sound means it's time for What's Brewing in DC. Caitlin and Gary, what are some of the top tech headlines? For the past several weeks, there's been talk about yet another government shutdown, but it looks like we may be avoiding it. Earlier today, December 19th, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell said, quote, we'll introduce a continuing resolution that will ensure continuous funding for the federal government. The measure will provide the resources necessary to continue normal operations through February 8th. Now, assuming all goes according to plan, the bill will pass the Senate, head over to the House, pass there, and then show up on the president's desk where he is expected to sign. Now, of course, this is D.C. in 2018, so really anything could happen. And if it does, between today and when we go live with the podcast tomorrow, we'll be sure to include an update in the show notes. Speaking of the president, earlier this month, the White House rolled out their five-year strategic plan for STEM education. The plan lays out key pathways to achieve these goals. Developing and enriching strategic STEM partnerships, engaging students where disciplines converge, and advancing computational thinking as a critical skill for America's future workforce. Senator Joe Manchin has placed a hole on the renomination of FCC Commissioner Brendan Carr. This move is a response to a recent announcement from FCC Chairman Ajit Pai that the Mobility Fund Phase 2 program would be temporarily suspended. Manchin said, quote, last week the FCC finally recognized that their broadband maps were inaccurate. That's something that I've been saying since day one, but the answer is not to put the Mobility Fund on an indefinite hold that prevents states like West Virginia from receiving the funding they desperately need to deploy mobile broadband. Google CEO Sundar Pichai testified for nearly four hours in front of the House Judiciary Committee last week and came out, quote, unscathed. Pichai faced questions from lawmakers ranging from data privacy to bias on the search engine. Similar to previous big tech hearings, some members of Congress expressed confusion when it came to how some of the tech actually works. Republican Congressman Steve King at one point asked Google CEO why his granddaughter's iPhone was displaying certain images, with Pichai responding, quote, Congressman, iPhone is made by a different company. Earlier this year, Microsoft called for regulation of facial recognition, one of the many innovative features that has been integrated into several of their products, uh, and they're sticking to it. Microsoft released a suggested outline for thoughtful and purposeful regulation in a recent blog post penned by President Brad Smith, saying, quote, We believe that there are sufficient answers for good initial legislation in this area that will enable the technology to continue to advance while protecting the public interest. It's critical that governments keep pace with this technology, and this incremental approach will enable faster and better learning across the public sector. For more on this, check out our show notes. 
Last week, Apple announced they will be investing $1 billion in a new 133-acre campus in North Austin. The facility will bring on 5,000 employees right off the bat, but will eventually host up to 15,000. Apple said this expansion will make them the largest employer in Austin. And that's all for What's Brewing. Today, we're sitting down with Executive Director Chelsea Thomas to talk through the year that has been 2018. Chelsea, thanks for joining us. It is my pleasure to be membership chillin'. Membership chillin'. chillin'. Hi, Mom. Hi, Mom. (laughs) (laughs) So 2018 was a crazy busy year here at ACT, and we have a lot to be proud of, thanks to you, the staff here at ACT, and of course, our amazing members. So let's talk about some of our accomplishments over the past year. Absolutely. Uh, So when people ask me what it is that we do here at ACT, the way I describe it is that we are at the intersection between lawmakers and our member companies, and we facilitate the dialogue between the two of them. And we do that in a variety of ways. Um, We have our member companies come to Washington, D.C. and tell their stories to lawmakers. We do that through APCON. Yeah. Hey, APCON. (laughs) Coming (laughs) Uh, We also have our member companies come and uh, do briefings in front of congressional staff, and you'll hear from some of those folks actually later in this podcast. In addition to bringing our member companies to Washington, D.C., we also bring congressional staff to see our members so that they can tell their stories on their turf. We took them to New Orleans earlier this year. Um, Hardship pay for all of you. (laughs) Sounds like a party, but really it was... A party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where people learned a lot. I was going to say an educational, educational party. Educational party. Exactly. Lame, but it was not. It no. wasn't, no. Yeah. Uh, so our member companies were able to tell their stories to congressional staff and have those conversations outside of Washington, D.C. and remind congressional staffers that the legislation that they're considering is not being, uh, is not practiced in a bubble. In addition, we did panels at South by Southwest that allowed some of our member companies to tell their stories to yet another audience, which is a really cool thing that we did. And we had some legislative victories. For example, the Cloud Act. This March, the Clarifying Lawful Overseas Access to Data, or Cloud Act, (laughs) much easier to say, much easier, became law as part of the omnibus spending bill. Um, An omnibus spending bill is just a big package of legislation uh, that Congress moves all at once. Bills, 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 as Destiny Child would say. (laughs) This legislation is an integral step in settling long contested legal questions around law enforcement access to data stored in the cloud. And it helps to clarify the expectations for thousands of American small businesses that rely on cloud computing to serve their customers overseas. By authorizing bilateral agreements between the United States and other countries, the Cloud Act gives law enforcement the tools they need to keep our communities safe while giving small businesses the clarity they need to protect their consumers' data. True. And I believe you all did a deep dive on this oh, in, yes. in a different episode of Tech Thank Swap. you, Graham Duvall. The deepest yeah. of dives. People got bends coming up from it. <laughs> In addition to the Cloud Act, we uh, also had Morgan testify in front of a couple key committees on connected health issues. Um, Again, if our member companies cannot get to Washington, D.C. to tell their own stories, uh, we have a whole host of people who are excited about the work that our member companies are doing and ready to talk to lawmakers about it on their behalf. 
In addition to legislative victories, we also had some victories on the agency front, um, one of the biggest of which was the FCC, or Federal Communications Commission's Connected Care Pilot Program. Um, earlier this year, the FCC announced the rollout of their $100 million Connected Care Pilot Program to support the use of telehealth solutions for low-income and rural Americans. In addition to supporting the connectivity needs for connected care deployment in pilot communities, the program will also quantify the benefits, costs, and savings that result from these connected health solutions. It's a great program. It's very cool. Pretty cool. We also had another victory on the health front. Um, we have been working for a long time through our Connected Health Initiative on getting the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, or CMS, to provide reimbursement for the use of remote monitoring technology. And this year, we were laser focused on getting CMS to build on our success of 2017 and continue to support remote monitoring through paid-for codes that allow doctors to get reimbursed for using these dynamic technologies. After numerous filings, numerous, numerous. <laughs> we, have a, we have a chart of filings There's here. There's so many. <laughs> <laughs> After numerous filings, meetings, calls, and briefings, CMS did just that. In the physician... Physician fee schedule Correct. for 2019. There are so many acronyms in this world, people. <laughs> in their 2019 PFS, CMS expanded the reimbursement for their use of connected health technology in both the Medicare physician fee schedule and the home health proposed payment schedule. It was a big win. It was a big win. Yeah. Um, and it's building on a win from last year, which is really cool, but with four codes instead of just one code. So it's pretty exciting. Yeah, wins on wins. Wins on wins. <laughs> codes on codes. Bills on bills. <laughs> and with that. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, really, this is a this is a really exciting year. We turned 20. Um, we released our annual app economy report. This one was really great. Uh, it had state facts, which is really cool. Um, and we also brought Tech Swamp into the world and are currently celebrating our essentially like one year anniversary of Tech Swamp. Next month. pretty cool. Our baby yeah. is one. Yeah, our baby is one. <laughs> One-year-olds are adorable. They are. You know from experience. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, Chelsea, thank you so much for joining us on the last episode of Tech Swamp in 2018. It is my pleasure. <laughs> thank you for having me. Yes. All right. Well, now it's off to Caitlin and some special guests for Member Minute. So this month for Member Minutes, we're doing a 2018 wrap-up. We caught up at AppCon with some of our members who had some really exciting things in the works. And before we head into 2019, we're checking in to see what went down in 2018 and what's to come in 2019. And first up is Andrew Savitz of member company Can Spinach. Hey, Andrew, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. How's it going? It's going. I just have to say... <laughs> Welcome to your first ever spot on TechSwamp. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Excited to be here. We're excited. My first ever podcast you. ever. Oh my gosh, I'm so yes. glad we could be the first. <laughs> first of many. Exactly. Okay, so today we're here, we're going to do a member check-in. Uh, we got to catch up with you at AppCon and hear some exciting things that were in the works. Um, so what's new with you? What's What's been going on? Yeah, so uh, my business partner and I, we have started, I guess, dedicating full time to canned spinach, our design and development firm. Um, so we kind of recently, in the past four months or so, transitioned from uh, splitting it part time from working on some other software companies 
to you know dedicating ourselves fully to this. That sounds awesome. So can you talk a little about a little bit about canned spinach? What what is canned spinach other than like a very under-purchased item in a grocery store? <laughs> yeah, um, I thought it was a household staple that everyone <laughs> everyone always ordered. Um, so canned spinach is, as I said, it's a design and development firm. Um, we actually do a mixture of physical product and digital product design and development. Um, so we have, you know, a handful of uh, people on our team ranging from industrial design skills, um, you know, going back to the physical product, um, as well as, you know, user experience, graphic designers, um, et cetera. So, and, and developers, I think our client, our client base consists of, you know, some hybrid where there's physical and digital aspects. Um, like there's a hardware component and, you know, apps or websites that um, facilitate the use of, of their product, um, as well as just, you know, super simple or st- super straightforward, just, you know, sales decks, um, websites, apps, etc. cetera. Um, I, I think the main thing though, is that we place a, I think, primary focus on super, super quality user experience design. Um, and then, you know, supplement and, um, I guess, support that core competency of ours with, you know, really great graphic design, or user interface design, and, you know, development as well. So Can Spinach was founded in 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took you guys, you know, you said just four months ago, it really took off. Mm-hmm. What, what made you guys take it full time? Yeah, um, great question. So we both started out actually in a startup accelerator um, shortly after graduating college, uh, working on a product together, my business partner and myself, Patrick. Um, and from doing that, we started getting a handful of requests during our time in the accelerator to build products for other people. And we took those as you know good opportunities to, you know number one, just make some additional money. But number two, a lot of those requests were um, from businesses uh, in a similar industry and market two hours. So it was a good opportunity for us to, you know, kind of get our foot in the door for future customers and things like that. Um, And ever since that, you know, that first kind of request that we got while we were working on our own things, we decided, you know, whenever anything comes to us, if we have the bandwidth, we'll take it. So just very passive sort of approach. I think we started, well, I guess a little bit leading up to the past three or four months, we started getting, um, a larger uh, volume of requests to where, you know, we felt it was just time to, you know, commit fully to this. I have to ask mm-hmm. though, what, how did you come up with the name Cansmatch? <laughs> we kind of just had a brainstorming session and we're just listing off any sort of idea possible. Um, we somehow went down the rabbit hole of listing off different vegetables as ideas. And um, that, you know, eventually led us to canned spinach, which um, we, kind of related to Popeye. So, you know, whenever Popeye eats canned spinach, he becomes, you know, superhuman, super strong, can take on the world and do anything. Um, so we kind of relate ourselves to Popeye eating spinach, except we do that for companies and their businesses and their products. I love that. I'm obsessed with that. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. So is there anything exciting coming up for you guys in 2019? Okay, so yeah, so we have a couple exciting things coming up. Um, we're going to be working on a few kind of for fun projects that, you know, they're not, they're not necessarily anything big or exciting, but just like these fun little products that add some value to people 
um, but really focusing on, you know, putting them out there as ways to, you know, drive awareness and, you know, as a lead gen tool for us. Um, but we think they're going to be pretty fun and exciting to play with. Um, and, you know, some of them also quite useful for businesses. Um, so stay tuned for, for those as we release them. The first one should be released sometime, ideally in January. That sounds awesome. We will definitely stay tuned for that. And we're going to go ahead and put all of uh, this information in our show notes. So if any of our listeners have any inquiries, head over to our show notes where you can get all of this good info. Um, Andrew, thank you so much for joining us for your first time on TechSwamp. Of course. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Next, we're sitting down, well, virtually sitting down with Chris Sims of member company Sagao Studios. Hey, Chris, thanks for joining us. Hey, Caitlin, how are you doing? I'm good. Is this your first time joining us on TechSwap? This is my first time, oh my uh, and I'm looking forward to coming back already. I already uh, recorded with uh, Andrew Savitz earlier today, and it's it was also his first time, and I played an air horn. Um, I'm going to spare the members and listeners of this podcast another air horn, but just know that I, I really want to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> you get some cheers or something. That'd be good. Yeah, some applause. We'll throw in applause. some applause. <laughs> awesome. So we're here to kind of do a check-in. What have you guys been doing in the past year? And the past year has been exciting and crazy and hectic and scary and just a really, really fun time for us. Uh, we, so we moved to Birmingham, Alabama a year and three months ago um, from Montgomery. Montgomery's a little bit slow. Uh, Birmingham's definitely a different market. Um, that's been interesting. So, But we were four people working out of my basement in January. Um, we hired our first kind of non-founder employee uh, middle January Um, and actually as of last week we have 13 people uh, 13 full-time employees Uh, we moved out of our basement uh, unfortunately (laughs) Uh, commutes a little bit longer uh, than it was but we've got this uh, just absolutely amazing um, office space in downtown Birmingham it's a cool hundred 50-year-old building or something like that that here. But the coolest thing is just our, our growth in numbers. Um, right. And so for, for the listeners and people who might not know what Sagato Studios does, give us a little background there. So we are an agile coaching and software development firm. So we do, we'll do we go in and do so, um, software development lifecycle transformation. We also build um, custom apps. Uh, we ha- don't have a lot of you know, actual standalone apps, so to say, but we, we tend to do large-scale enterprise workflow systems. Uh, and as we're moving into this year, one of the exciting things we're doing in 2019 is we'll be releasing uh, our own product. Um, pretty soon, we'll be moving it into beta, actually. So- That's awesome. So speaking of 2019, um, you and I were speaking earlier about this Apprenticeship Coalition. Can you talk a little bit more about that and what you guys are looking forward to in 2019 in, in terms of that? So this is really something that has truly become one of my uh, real passions here. Uh, we're all very familiar with the, the difficulty in hiring uh, good tech talent and just kind of the 
the desperate need for uh, to building that. Um, so Birmingham is going through very much of a tech renaissance. Uh, a group uh, that we work with called Innovate Birmingham, and they're out of the University of Alabama, Birmingham, and a partnership. What they do is they worked and had a, a tech boot camp. We've done some hiring and working with them. But in that process, what we've realized is that as good as the boot camps are, they're really just scratching the surface. And for a smaller company like ourselves, it's really difficult to hire development talent out of those kinds of programs just because it's hard for them to, to be impactful day one. And so we really saw a need to build more of the apprenticeship model. And what we realized, and we were working with groups like uh, Alabama Central Six, Alabama Works, their workforce development group, and Innovate Birmingham, that they wanted to involve more of the developer community here in Birmingham to be part of this. So we're going to be one of the nation's first uh, tech apprenticeship coalition, actually the first coalition. And so what we mean by that is it's, it's not just one company. Uh, we're partnering together with development partners like ourselves, uh, and there's a couple other uh, partners, Kesis and Airship here in town, uh, along with large hiring partners like Protective Life Insurance, uh, Regions Bank, uh, BBVA. There's others that we're bringing to the table. And what we're doing is we're working and listening to the people that are hiring, building a curriculum, and, and we'll then partner with actual real live fire projects with the goal to give them, put them in a place where they're much better able to be uh, actively involved in the development community and when they go in and they start work um, at a company like us or, or even one of our larger partners that they'll be able to hit the ground running. Presences in Alabama through families and they want to live here long term uh, because those are you know, for me personally the ability to program and learning and getting the access to that radically changed my trajectory and then my access to the ability to participate in these kinds of economies and do really cool things like build Sagaya. And we want to see that uh, and make that available to uh, anyone that that's willing to do the work. Absolutely. It sounds like you guys are doing some amazing work. I'm so excited to see what the new year is going to bring uh, for you and Sagayo and all of the um, potential apprentices. Apprentici? How, do you, how would you say that? Uh, I think apprentices, but I like apprentices? apprentice. I like apprentice sounds pretty too. good too. Uh, I swear I'm smarter than I sound right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris, thank you so much for joining us um, on awesome. Tech Swamp for your first time ever. Um, awesome. I'm sure the first of many more, though. I hope so, and I'm really looking forward to getting back to uh, DC soon and seeing you guys. Absolutely, again. AppCon is just right around the corner. Also, I, it's already on my schedule, even though I don't know when it is. <laughs> <laughs> Save the date is coming soon. Awesome. <laughs> All right, talk to you later. All right, thank you. Bye. And next we have Betsy Furler, another friend of the podcast and founder of member company For All Abilities. Hey, Betsy, thanks for joining us again on Tech Swamp. Hi, thank you so much for having me again. I always love being on the podcast. We love having you for sure. Um, so we are here to do a check-in. We want to know what went down in 2018 and what is really exciting that you're looking forward to in 2019. So probably my biggest news from 2018 was a, that I founded a new consulting group called For All Abilities. And For All Abilities helps companies navigate the intersection between disabilities and business. Uh, 
And we approach that from two different points of view. Um, one is working with tech companies and companies who make tech products to make their products much better and more usable for people with disability. By designing for disabilities, you're really bringing your market, um, getting to much a bit, much bigger part of your market and making your products better for everyone. Um, I also work with companies to help them work with their employees that have disabilities and find reasonable accommodations for them, usually through tech solutions and also through good old fashioned communication. We're so lucky to have members like you um, who are really changing, changing the landscape. Um, and so For All Abilities was founded earlier this year. I think, was it June? So you're seven months in now? Yes. Um, yes. Can you talk a little bit about um, some of the projects that you have coming up or um, some of the companies that you're helping out this year? Sure. So I've worked with a couple of companies. One um, is a company in Pakistan that has an augmentative communication device or an augmentative communication app that she then puts on an Android tablet. Um, she, augmentative communication is the use of a, an app or a computer for, commu for um, communication when someone can't verbally speak. And in Pakistan, there wasn't any product out there that was specific to their language and their culture. So this woman who's a speech pathologist in Pakistan developed this product and I consulted on that from um, the my my um, experience as a speech pathologist and working with people with disabilities. I also helped design a website that is a tool that helps families who have children with disabilities who are aging out of the pediatric system and into the adult system to um, have a better transition. So it helps. It has curated um, a lot of resources in the state of Texas, as well as in the rest of the country. Um, so families can use that to help them navigate that. And I um, actually worked on that with Chris Sims. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm in negotiations with three different companies who have very different tech products that are geared at helping people who don't have access to the computer or um, kind of life in general because of the severity of their disabilities. So these are three different products using a variety of different technology, but kind of to the same um, end for people with ALS or um, Parkinson's or Lockton syndrome from a head injury. Yeah. So I'm super excited. Um, it's two American companies and one company in Italy. I'm super excited about um, helping them make these life-changing products and um, getting the word out about them and helping with the, the design of the product as well as the design of the marketing for those. Absolutely. You've, you've gone global. I know. It's so exciting. I well, I know that you also have um, the Your App Lady brand, and I think you might have a podcast you want to plug. I do. So I have a podcast called Your App Lady, and my podcast is for all, I think all of us sometimes open up an app and you think, I have no idea what to do with this, and you just close it back up. <laughs> and the Your App Lady podcast is to help people who have smartphones and iPhones or tablets or iPads and they want to use them to their best ability and to improve their lives. And on the Your App Lady podcast, I talk about the 
the new apps that are out as well as the old favorites that are just great to use and talk about how I use them and then I try to do a little tech tip and a little tech news on each segment. And we will include all of this great information in our show notes. Um, Betsy, thank you so much for joining us again on Tech Swamp. I hope you enjoyed your second go around. Yes, thank you. Thanks for having me. And rounding out the group, we have Mark Lieber of member company Startup Health. Uh, Mark is what I would call a friend of the podcast since he's been on more than one time. So, hey, Mark, thanks for joining us again on Tech Swamp. Hey, Caitlin, thanks for having me. Excited to to be able to chat again. Absolutely. Um, So we're here to check in. What is new at Startup Health? What what happened in 2018 um, that sparked some exciting developments? And what are you looking forward to in 2019? Uh, 2018 was a really big year, actually, for Startup Health. We, uh, as you know, we organize and support a portfolio of digital health startups, which is a stage agnostic portfolio. So companies that are one person or two people all the way to companies that have a couple hundred employees. And it's a global portfolio as well. So we, we are working increasingly outside of the U.S., but are still growing within the U.S., and uh, one of the big developments of this year is where uh, we <clears throat> have onboarded our, I think, about 56 companies in 2018 alone. So we're now up to 260 companies that we work with on a daily, weekly, monthly basis with um, coaching them, helping them get connected to the right healthcare resources to grow their businesses. So working with more and more companies and and seeing a lot of growth in our portfolio, which really means that there are more and more businesses springing up, tackling difficult healthcare problems, and uh, we're excited to be a part of what they're doing, which a lot of them are working towards really ambitious things. And to date, we've been around since 2011, and to date we've mainly supported our companies with uh, services, so essentially coaching, uh, strategic advisory, etc. But we are excited to announce that in 2018, we actually closed our second venture fund uh, called the Startup Health Transformer Fund, which allows us to not, not only do what we've been doing for the past seven and a half years or so, but investing capital into our companies. So that was 2018 in a nutshell, working with more and more companies and being able to do more with them and for them to help them grow. That is awesome. You guys, you guys do really great work, and we're we're really excited to be able to have awesome members um, like Startup Health. Talk a little bit about the moonshots that Startup Health um, is. Is it 10, 10 of them? That's right. That's right. So we we have traditionally partnered for the past seven and a half years with entrepreneurs that are digital health entrepreneurs, but not just conventional ones. Ones that are really looking to have a transformative impact on healthcare and are really looking to achieve health moonshots. So you you might have heard of of uh, Joe Biden's and cancer moonshot, which mm-hmm. were, came to the fore a couple of years ago. We're looking for similarly driven entrepreneurs who are looking to not develop point solutions or achieve incremental progress, but really to rethink how healthcare is delivered and rethink the health and well-being of, of everybody in the world. And so we've, we've traditionally partnered with companies that are working towards 
any one or more of 10 health moonshots. Mm-hmm. So these are things like improving cancer, uh, ac- improving access to care, ending cancer, curing disease, adding 50 healthy years onto everybody's life. That's the longevity moonshot. The mental health and happiness moonshot is another one, and there, there are six, five or six other ones. Excitingly, in the next uh, in 2019, we're going to be announcing our 11th moonshot, which is really spurred off of recent events and and one of the more talked about trends in the U.S. today in the public health sphere, which is substance abuse and addiction. And so that that'll be a, a guidepost for us to find and support companies working towards those aims. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we're really, really pumped about for 2019. Thank you so much for joining us on Tech Swamp. We're, we're wrapping up member minutes with you. So you, you gave us a really positive, great note to end on. Um, we're really looking forward to 2019 and to see the awesome work that you and, and all of our members are going to continue to do. Um, and I just want to say thank you again so much for joining us on Tech Swamp. Thanks again for having me, Caitlin, and uh, looking forward to the 2019 wrap-up, I think, along with with you all uh, and all other members and Startup Health and our companies. I think it's going to be a really great year. I, I definitely agree. <laughs> Thanks so much, Mark. <laughs> Talk to you soon. Thank you, Caitlin. Thanks. So now it's time for our random identifier, holiday edition. Yeah. <laughs> Gary. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? So my uh, random identifier for the holidays is a very pleasurable flashback to when I was in high school in Fort Lauderdale. I did my sophomore through through senior year there, and every year for choir we sang at Disney during their um, candlelight processional. That's cool. It was really cool to go behind, literally behind the scenes, and see all the buildings from behind that none of the other guests ever saw. Right. It was also very entertaining how many times we were reminded that we were honorary guests right. uh, and, 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 and honorary uh, characters. The one person who probably realized that it was not a good idea to have a, like 115 to 18 year olds behind the scenes at Disney who yeah. kept telling us, you're honorary, you remember you're honorary? We're the honorary, you're honorary, you're honorary. We're like, okay, good, understand. Yeah. But it was great to be able to go out and do that and then have pretty much free reign of the park. I have oh, an important question. Did you see any of the characters without their heads on? <laughs> yes, and it was terrifying. Was it, it was horrible. I saw Goofy without his head on. I saw Cinderella who did not have any makeup on, and the dress was like okay. the worst ever. It was I'm like, sure she was still very beautiful. She was. Yeah. Like, it was this very like it was like my childhood was ruined in a way at this point. Unsettling. Unsettling. Yeah. What, do you, you do not want to see Winnie the Pooh without the head. It's just no, not. I do not. That <laughs> was just like a yellow body with a crop top. Because you can't see the head over the costume. Yeah. It's terrifying. Nope, I don't like that. Um, wow. Okay. Um, now I'm just thinking about it. Um, Caitlin, how about you? So I have a lovely memory from the Christmas holiday. Well, every, every holiday season, um, really any holiday, it could be Arbor Day, Um, my sister would write like love notes to my parents saying she's so thankful for them and she loves them. The best one she wrote in 2003 and I have it memorized, so I will recite it. (laughs) I will recite it for you now. This is my new favorite thing. Dyer mom and dad, Merry Christmas. I hope you have a grat Tim opening your precincts. Fram, Mary Margaret. I love you so much. I love you, mom and dad. (laughs) So wonderful. Uh, Kayla, that was amazing. 
Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to all of you. Christmas. Um, Chelsea. So, growing up, we would read the um, the very best Christmas pageant. Um, and if you have not read this book or experienced it, it is wonderful. It is. Um, it will give you a new appreciation for Christmas ham. Wow. Okay. Um, and also, if I don't know <laughs> if, if any of you had to be in a Christmas pageant. No, I um, did. Mm. What were you? I don't remember. <laughs> I will just say, if you have the opportunity to to read this, you really ought to. It's a slim little tome, and it is worth your time. My random identifier. <laughs> Wait, do we need to do, like, uh, for all of you with children, um, Santa spoiler alert. Oh, yeah. Oh. Good point. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay, so... Now that the kids are out of the room. <laughs> As a little kid, I um, was really terrified of Santa, and I'll tell you why. Reason number one, he watches you while you sleep. That's creepy. He's a stranger. <laughs> Reason number two, he comes into your house without your express permission. That's a burglar. Like, I get that he leaves stuff in your house, but he takes your cookies. That's all I'm saying. I didn't like it. Um, and then thing three is, like, the naughty or nice list. And then, like, there was the elf, and he was supposed to be on the shelf, and he was also watching you. And I was just like, why are all these people monitoring me all the time? And, like, they don't know me. I don't know them. I don't like it. You say you value your privacy. Yeah, well... You need a privacy policy just, for like, Santa maybe Claus. maybe I don't want a creepy, like, man, like, watching my every move. Or a creepy tiny thing. Or a creepy tiny thing. I just, like, the creepy factor of just, like, somebody who's, like, not my parents, like, paying express attention to me while I sleep. I just, I didn't like it. Um, so my parents, instead of being like, oh, Santa's gonna come, you have to go to bed early, I'd be like, I'm so afraid, what if Santa comes? And they would have to assure me that Santa would not be coming <laughs> on that night, and that I did not need to worry about Santa. I am 28 years old, and I am still made very uncomfortable by mall Santas. I, like, have to just walk very quickly away from them. They freak me out. They're probably part of the reason that, like, Santa in general is a thing that I don't like. Um, and, uh, my cousins who will be in town this year are going to make fun of me for it. They do every year, but you know what? Such a I stand life. by it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's a really negative ode to, <laughs> to, like, end our holiday edition on. So I guess I would just say Merry Crimsmans, everyone. Um, and I'm sorry that I don't like Santa, but I love the rest of the holiday. guys that's it for tech swamp <laughs> if you heard anything on here that piqued your interest head over to our website and make your way to the podcast section we'll have notes on today's episode that include links to all the good stuff and of course we want to give a shout out to brad goodall who composed the podcast awesome music Bye. thank you brad don't forget to subscribe on apple podcasts soundcloud and stitcher and of course we'd love a rate and review and that's all for Dave for today, folks. Have a great happy new year and a really great holiday and everyone say bye. 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 bye.